This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So the fun continues for us value people in 2022 because the value sectors are all hot while growth is not. This is a new new fundamentals for us, a new way of looking at things because even when value had these mini rallies over the last couple of years, growth still stayed pretty hot as well. So this is the first time that everybody's complaining or you know, lamenting or in pain about their stocks, but many of us are not, at least about our value stocks. We may own some growth stocks too. As I've mentioned in prior podcasts, it's okay to own both. So some of those may be getting hit, but our value stocks are not. So we're really not worrying about the 50% sell-offs right now. Even if some areas that we're in have been weak, um, and weak means about, you know, maybe 10% down, not the 40 or 50% down for the most part. But I've also been thinking while all of this selling is going on in the growth stocks about some of the superstar investors um, that have been around over the last uh, couple decades. Of course, right now, that means Kathy Wood at ARK Invest. We're all watching those ARK ETFs right now, right? Because that is an area where they've seen the huge sell-off. And ARK-K was down 50% at one point. It's bounced off those lows, but it's been pretty brutal if you're an investor's over there. And I was also thinking about the old-time favorites like Peter Lynch at Fidelity's Magellan. He retired basically around 30 years ago. (laughs) So not many of you may have ever heard of him. He's still alive. Um, He's still out there, but he really hasn't worked in the industry in 30 years. So only some of us old timers really know who Peter Lynch is nowadays. And he's kept real quiet. He's not doesn't go on TV and give interviews. He's no longer writing books. But some of his books from the 1980s were bestsellers at that time. I do still recommend people check out his uh, investing books, even though some of the stocks in there, you know, it'll seem kind of old to you now because there's not like updated versions of it. Kind of like the intelligent investor seems old with some of its examples, but um, a lot of the names are still around and you can still relate and get the good concepts out of there. So he had a skill of buying companies that had strong brands and he wrote it to big profits. He liked a lot of retailers, uh, restaurants, uh, companies that were kind of regional to begin with, that had big growth ahead of them because, as he always used to say, it takes a long time to open up stores from coast to coast just in the United States. And then if you add on, it takes a long time to expand internationally, you can see the longer growth trajectory for a lot of those kind of consumer-focused brands. And now we even have online sales, but it still takes a long time to get online really ramped up and competing against something like an Amazon or um, just getting it to a place where the consumer doesn't even really think about ordering online because it's so easy. That's taken a lot of retailers, I would say at least even 10 years to get to that place. So newer retailers are also going to have you know, a uh, growing period on that aspect of it too. But he liked liked buying um, those kinds of companies that 
you know, maybe people were not really familiar with because they lived in another part of the country and that maybe had some value kind of component to it, but still did have the growth. He talked about in one of the books about buying Home Depot for only like a dollar a share after it went public <laughs> because uh, he drove down, I think it was to, in Atlanta where they were. And he went to one of the stores and he was like, this is fantastic. And immediately decided to buy the stock because he loved the store so much. And it has taken Home Depot a long time, again, to expand across the United States. And even now, again, internationally, it's in some international markets, but not as many as you might think. So um, that's the kind of company he liked to buy. And um, he did it also by using one of the common classic value fundamentals that we use a lot here on this podcast. So he liked to use the PEG ratio to find those companies that had the growth, but that were also on sale. The PEG, remember, was basically kind of invented by the father of value investing, our, our favorite guy, Benjamin Graham, the mentor of Warren Buffett, remember, the author of The Intelligent Investor. And he is considered the father of value investing. And Ben Graham also liked to use the PEG ratio because basically, frankly, it works. It works to find cheap stocks with that growth component. It's kind of a rare combination, but those stocks usually do outperform. Now, if you're screening for the PEG, I know you're thinking like, well, what do I use? What 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 is the PEG? Like, why... Well, it, you know, I could just go on a screen and there it is, but what do I look for? And for value investors, we want to look for one under one. The peg has to be under one. And that means the peg, remember, is the PE over the growth rate. And um, under one means you're getting it undervalued with the growth. So kind of like how we always look um, – for the price to sales under one, the peg under one is a similar like basic metric for value investors. So I decided to run a basic screen. You know, this is really basic, just using the peg under one. But I added the Zach's rank, of course, of ones or twos because I want to get the buys or the strong buys. Um, the Zach's rank will give me a little bit extra firepower, but I'm not sure what it's doing ahead of earnings season because the Zach's rank will change dramatically during earnings season. When those earnings reports come out, the analysts go, oh, they missed or oh, they beat and raised and they gave great guidance for 2022. We, we have to raise our estimates now and then they'll all raise on whatever company is doing that and then the Zach's rank will improve will go up to probably a one or a two for that particular company so all that will happen during earnings season which is just only beginning here in the week of january 10th here in 2022 so um this rank these are companies that already have the ones or twos going into earnings season so something good must be going there if they're holding on to these high ranks and they haven't even reported yet. So I do like that aspect of it, but um, it also is going to be a little tricky, I think, in like what it gives us. But I ran it with just this basic screen and I got 98 companies. OK, that was just way too many for me. So I thought, well, why not just go for the the top of the heap, the best, the best, the Zach's number one rank, strong buys only. That's a very narrow group, usually around 210 to 220 stocks.
but it is the ones where the rank, you know, the estimates are being changed uh, recently and strongly and the analysts are all in agreement. So when I screened only for the ones, I still got 35 companies. That was more than I thought with the peg under one. Uh, but that just tells you kind of where we are with value stocks to start 2022. The value stock category is strong because those earnings are rising for a lot of the cheap neglected companies in sectors that weren't the glamour growth sectors. Um, we all know what they are, energy, which is still hated. Um, then, of course, home builders, everyone thinks that's over and that rising rates are going to doom them. So they're dirt cheap. Uh, auto stocks of any kind, both the manufacturers, uh, some of the parts guys, the retailers, those are all dirt cheap. Agriculture's dirt cheap. A ton of the retailers are dirt cheap, but some of those have these rising earnings. So this is a unique time period. So we've got 35 of them. I had to pick five out of the list. And then I'm going to talk a little bit um, after I give you the five, what some of the other ones were. So a lot of these names are ones we have been talking about for a couple months now on the podcast because uh, the story hasn't really changed with these and the earnings still look great. Uh, and then we'll see what happens when we come into this earnings season with some of these. But the trend should continue with most of these. So I tried to pick them in, in diverse industries. So there's not more than one in any industry here. And the interesting thing about the 35 is that they were really in many different diverse industries. There wasn't one area that completely dominated the list. Not yet. We'll see what happens after earnings season. But so, for instance, there wasn't like 10 banks on this list and then 25 other stocks. No. Um, so that's good. And let's dive right in and see what they are, because I know you want to know. Okay, so the first one is energy. I'm kind of surprised that the energies are making it on there because while the E has been rising, um, maybe the growth story might not be there or other things weren't there or the rank. It was not a number one or that kind of thing. But the only one that uh, to make it on here was Exxon, ticker XOM. PEG is just 0.8. It has a PE right now of 11.6 and earnings expected to be up this year in 2022. Now I'm already looking ahead. So 2022 expected to be up 21.6% to 6.16 from 507. Uh, this one pays that big dividend yield still 4.9%. The shares have been hot. They're up 51% in the last year. They're hitting two-year highs, but remember, for all these oil stocks, it's been pathetic and even more pathetic <laughs> over the last at least five years, if not longer. So if I were to look at the five-year, this is well underperforming the S&P 500. I'm not even sure it's in the green over five years. I didn't look, but um, yeah, it's it's not been good, but that was then and this is now, and the situation has changed. This is going to be a good year for the energy side, even without crude moving any higher here. They are all making great free cash flow with crude anywhere, you know, above $60 essentially for WTI. So something to keep in mind, but the only one who made the list, Exxon XOM. Okay, then we're going to switch over to the drug stocks. 
This one is Pfizer, P-F-E. We've talked about Pfizer over the years on various episodes because it's always been cheap. But really, the stock went nowhere pre-pandemic, and people were concerned about, um, you know, what what kind of uh, uh, products they had going into the future, and that there really was no growth there. And the stock just has really underperformed the S&P 500 over the prior years up into the pandemic. Now, they're, they're pandemic play, and earnings expected to be up 36% in 2022 to $5.70 versus $4.18 this year. And um, PEG is just 0.8 as well, PE 9.95, so almost 10, but that's still really cheap. Dividend is yielding 2.8% right now for Pfizer, and one year, these shares are up 50%. So quite a ride, but they're still cheap. So Pfizer, one of the big cap drug guys that is qualifying on the growth side for the first time in a long time for Pfizer. Okay, then we're going to switch over to agriculture fertilizers. There were two fertilizers on the list, but I chose CF Industries, ticker CF. They're a producer of ammonia. Um, they also have urea, UAN for the nitrogen side for the fertilizers. But their big thing right now is to be, and I'm quoting, forefront of clean hydrogen and ammonia supply. So they're big into the ESG and joining the clean um, energy type of revolution that's going on right here. But it's really the fertilizer pricing that's soaring right now that's driving their earnings. So for this year, 2022, earnings are expected to be up 246% for CF Industries to 1240 from 358. That's a huge jump. It takes a lot to get a company to go from 358 to 1240 in just one year. We'll see if they can do it. PEG right now is just 0.9. PE is just 5.6 because the street's not totally sure if that's going to happen, right? So they're even though the shares are up 60% in the last year, they're still like, nah, it, it's going to be good, but we're not sure how good. And nobody's really piling into the fertilizer stocks. They're not getting any love. They are true value stocks here, kind of being ignored by the street right here. Um, also, people are concerned that it's going to be peak earnings and that these prices are going to come down pretty swiftly and it's all going to go away. So not as many people piling in. They do pay a dividend yielding 1.7% right here. So that's CF industry, CF. I like all the fertilizer stocks right here and they're all cheap. Um, okay, then we're switching over to the banks. And this is the only bank that made the list because the banks are about to report earnings. So nobody's really raising their earnings estimates for the most part heading into the numbers, although we've had a few pre-announcements from a couple of banks. So some of them may be getting some changes in their earnings estimates ahead of time. But everybody else, we're just kind of waiting. And then the analysts will be doing their changes and we will get many more that are Zach's number ones. But also we had to have that peg. So we had to have that growth and that's a little more unusual to come by for the banks until the Fed raises rates. But this one is Comerica, ticker CMA, one of my favorite regional banks. They're in Texas. So you want to be in a bank that's in a hot regional economic market there. And Texas is red hot. 
And we're also going to have energy rebounding, and that's one of their biggest industries as well. So Texas is also going to see a lot of gains from the energy recovery. So PEG is just 0.5. The PE is on the bigger, higher side, 16.6. Now, this is an unusual one on the earnings. So the analysts are raising earnings estimates. There's three estimates higher for 2022 and two higher for 2021 still. Um, all of that happening in the last week, but the earnings are expected to decline in 2022. So a little bit of a value trappiness here, right? Because that's a value trap. Earnings expected to decline 29% to 585 from 828. So um, that's not good, but the rest of it's still in play over the last year. Shares are up 56% and they're near the 52-week highs right now. So I still like Comerica, even with that earnings decline. I basically like all banks the same way I like all fertilizers, and the same way I like all the energy stocks right here. Um, just their industries are the place to be here in 2022. They do pay a dividend yielding 2.8%, so that's not too shabby. So that's Comerica, CMA is the ticker. And then I picked out a retailer. There were several retailers on the list. And I picked out Crocs, ticker C-R-O-X, because of its uh, big growth trajectory. So we've had plenty of retailers that have been cheap, you know, stocks like The Gap. Um, They've been a perennial on our screens for the last, like, several years, in fact. But The Gap is missing out on that growth component. And that's what we're trying to find here with this screen. So Crocs is a stock that Peter Lynch would love It's got the consumer brand angle, and it's still growing. So Crocs, C-R-O-X is the ticker. PEG is just 0.85. It has a PE of 12.8. So yeah, pretty cheap. And earnings are expected to rise 30% in 2022 to $9.87 from $7.59. One estimate is actually higher in just the last week for 2022. I remember they... They bought Hey Dude, that was a big acquisition, and they expect revenues to be up 20% in 2022. A lot of people didn't like the Hey Dude acquisition, so the shares did sell off, and the shares are just down as a lot of the retailers have sold off here on like Omicron fears and whatever else. They're just selling them off. So these are down 15% or so over the last month, and they have bounced on recent news. They were upgraded Recently by an analyst saying it's one of the best uh, retail picks for the next year. Um, So they liked all that. And Crocs did report fourth quarter prelims better than expected. A lot of the retailers were at the ICR conference this week, the first week of January, well, the second week of January, January 10th here in 2022. So we got a lot of updates from a lot of the retailers about the holiday season and what they're seeing in the fourth quarter. And theirs was better than expected, but still these shares still pretty weak. But for value investors, that gives us a chance, you know, to get in there at a little bit better price. So you might want to take a look at Crocs, even if you are not a fan of their shoes. Plenty of other people are, and the company is executing on all levels. So that's Crocs, C-R-O-X. So what else was on the 35 stocks? Because this is just five of them. We did have some auto retailers again. We've talked about them many times. Asbury was on here. Penske was on here. Uh, We had Toyota um, as a manufacturer. 
There was also Avis Budget, the car rental guys. They also own Zipcar, ticker CAR for Avis Budget. Uh, on the retail side, um, we had Signet Jewelers. They were on here. Macy's, we've talked about them. Kohl's, we've talked about them. Um, I think there was a couple of others. I'm not remembering off the top of my head. There were a couple of just financials other than banks, like Schwab was on there. There was only one home builder, Toll Brothers, managed to get on there. And that's because, um, you know, the uh, estimates are going to be a little bit older on the home builders because we haven't heard from most of them in a while, although they're going to be starting here again in January. The home builders are all over the place. There's some that report late in the season. There are like on the fiscal year. There's others that are on the, you know, the regular calendar year. So you can hear from a home builder at various times during the, during the quarter. And but we're going to hear from some of those that are on the traditional reporting period coming up here um, shortly. So I'm definitely going to be checking in on the home builders to see what's happening from all um, analysis out there on the home front, it remains red hot to start 2022. The mortgage rates have risen, so people are trying to buy before they rise further. Um, but demand is still strong. So until that slows dramatically, the home builders are in a pretty good place, although they are being pressured on the margin side with these inflationary increases. They are raising prices. How long can that last? We don't know. So I'm watching all the home builders here, but they remain dirt cheap with good growth expected for this year in 2022. In fact, 2022 should be one of their best years ever for the home builders. So let me recap the stocks again. They're in multiple industries, remember. So we had Exxon on the energy side, XOM. Uh, we had Pfizer on the drug side, PFE. We had CF Industries for the fertilizers AGs, and it's CF. We had Comerica as one of the banks, Comerica, CMA. And then for retail, I chose Crocs, C-R-O-X, because as value investors, we can get value fundamentals, good low PEs, with the growth component. That's what makes the peg so powerful more so than just the PE or the price to sales or price to book. That combination is rarer, although not so rare because we got 35, right? But it is rarer. And so if we can get uh, that retailer, that cheap retailer with also has the growth, that is very strong combination. So keep that in mind when you're out there looking um, last week's show, I included the peg in with all the value fundamentals. So we we had it we had it all in that one, and that still returned 12 stocks. So we're getting the value stocks here in 2022. It's our time. Get out there, use your cash, get some of these deals. Um, you know, get in there for cheap stocks that actually do have a good outlook coming up here in 2022. That's what makes it different from the last prior years where we were all just kind of muddling along and they had like low, um, you know, revenue growth, low earnings growth. They were cheap, but we were like, man, that's boring. They're not so boring this year. So keep that in mind. And as always, I'm going to be bringing you as many of these exciting value stocks as I can every week. Hopefully we're going to get some new value stocks to look at um, this coming earnings season as those ranks change 
And we're going to see some newer names, I think, in there too. And who knows with the growth stocks, if they sell off enough, we may see some of the growth stocks hitting our screens and that'll be interesting as well. So be sure to subscribe. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Spotify. We're everywhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.